0: This is Beyond the Couch with Bridges, a podcast at the intersection of Asian Pacific Islander, South Asian
1: American identity and mental health. I'm Christy. I'm Sam. And I'm Diana. We are three therapists who got together in the hopes of demystifying therapy and uplifting stories from our community. Each week, we'll connect with fellow therapists,
2: experts, and community members about life, identity, and healing. We're so glad you're joining us today.
0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Beyond the Couch with Bridges. I'm Christy. I'm Sam. I'm Diana. And we thought that we would chat about our therapy stories, like how we came to become therapists and come into this field. Because we realize that we don't really know that much about how each other got into this field, but we ask all of our other guests (laughs) when they come on, typically. But yeah, maybe first, do we want to chat about how we're doing? I have a little cold, as you might be able to tell, so thanks for bearing with my nasal voice. How are you all doing? Pretty good
1: for Monday, I would say. (laughs) I was just telling the other two that you know I had gone on an early hike this morning, so I feel like my day... I've already accomplished a lot today, so I feel pretty good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: I was just reflecting on feeling kind of tired this Monday that we're recording for like totally less productive reasons than Diana, having gone on a (laughs) long hike. (laughs) Not to derail our our planned conversation too much, but people might find this interesting or funny, but um, I was up kind of late the other night watching on Twitch stream, like twitch.com. They started streaming this AI generated Seinfeld 24 seven, where like everything is generated AI generated based on previous episodes of Seinfeld. And then I guess other things on the internet, but no way um, it's very creepy, but also at moments extremely funny. And there's like stuff online where people are saying that AI is becoming self-aware, which that part, I'm not sure if that's true, but um, if anyone wants to fall into kind of a weird internet black hole, it's, it's definitely interesting to check out. Oh my gosh. And there was like the video streaming. So yeah, it's streaming just 24 seven. So you can literally watch it at any time, um, but it's computer generated. So it's not actually Jerry Seinfeld. And for copyright reasons, they had to change the names, but you know, <laughs> the main character's name is like Larry Feinstein or something like that. So it's very obvious. So it's supposed to be, <laughs> but for any Seinfeld fans out there, I would recommend it. Cause it's very, very odd,
1: but kind of funny too. There are going to be so many new ways to to spend our time. Mm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for real, 24-7. I could I yeah.
2: could see myself following that hole for a while.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think
2: the channel is called Watch Me Forever, if anyone <laughs> wants to find it themselves.
1: <laughs> so you can
0: literally watch <laughs> it forever. Just the subtle, subtleties. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I'm curious, who feels like sharing first their how you became a therapist journey.
1: I nominate Sam. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can go. I can go. <laughs> it's kind of, so when we were talking about this topic, it's interesting. Cause I have like the moment that I guess I decided that this was something that I officially wanted to pursue, but it's also one of those things that I felt like was kind of an idea that was always swirling around in my brain, maybe just not super concretely. The joke is that everyone in my family is either an artist, works in a mental health related position, like as a psychiatrist, a therapist, or is a teacher. (laughs) So that was, these were just three really common jobs that a lot of people in my family had. So I think I always was pretty exposed to the idea of being a therapist. In particular, I had an aunt who was a, a licensed clinical social worker, ran her own private practice. And I remember even when I was Like in middle school, I remember her telling me one time, great job, and it's very meaningful, but it can also be a job where you have a lot of flexibility and kind of like encouraging me as something that I to look into. Um, But then by the time high school came around in college, I was pretty sure that I wanted to become a lawyer. So I I studied psychology and criminal justice, and that had sort of been the path that I was, was going down. And as part of a research project that I did for a particular criminal justice professor that I had when I was in college, I was compiling of some research and data of specifically people who had been survivors of um, rape and sexual assault. And the thing that people were sharing so often was that they actually cared less about the justice element and the sort of punitive element of the criminal justice field. And I actually just wished that there was more support for them, the people who survived it, like trauma support and financial support and more resources had been diverted to that population. And that, it was just a really meaningful experience reading these interviews and you know speaking with some of these people that mm-hmm. I think It solidified a little bit more this idea of maybe I actually would find doing that more fulfilling, like working with folks who are wanting to move through something traumatic. And then I, you know, learned about how law school is like a lot of reading. (laughs) Being a lawyer is a lot of reading. And I think when I learned more about the job, the idea of working directly with people as a therapist felt really appealing. And then, you know, I kind of made that decision and, and I have not regretted it. And all the things about this field that I thought that I would love are the parts that I really, really love. And, you know, some of the parts that I don't love, like insurance and dealing with paperwork are the parts that we probably expect that we won't necessarily love, but are are manageable.
0: Wow, I had no idea that that was like by way of thinking
2: you were going to be a lawyer for a
0: while.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. And and when I look back on it, I do kind of feel like being a therapist is something that on some level always called to me, even if I wasn't like consciously aware of it. Like, I really loved the idea of helping people like that was kind of the main goal of even the idea of becoming a lawyer, this feeling of, well, you help average people. I thought maybe I wanted to work, work as a public defender or some of the more social justice oriented kinds of law. So there in that way, it always felt, it felt related and yeah, but it's definitely very different what I do now versus I think what for a long time I thought I was going to be doing. Wow. Yeah.
1: And it's, you know, I think that just also goes to show how important it is when someone, you know, does something related or at least talks to you about it when you're growing up, because I don't think I learned anything about careers growing up from school necessarily. I mean, I knew I was aware of, you know, you can be a lawyer, a doctor, you know, all these, you know, professions, but not actually what the details entail, you know, Mm -hmm. what, what the job itself entails. Yeah. So I think that's, that's really great. They had all this exposure and, you know, so mm-hmm. it kind of figured itself out because you're able to follow what you were interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I did still take a period of
2: time after college where I I didn't go straight to graduate school. I worked for a while because I also wanted that time before I committed to something as expensive and time consuming as graduate school <laughs> to really feel sure that that's what I wanted to do. And it was nice because in that time I also talked to more people in the field and got a sense of what. The options really were for work, which was also really helpful. Cause I do think a lot of people sometimes will pursue a certain kind of job based on the idea of it or what they think it's gonna be like and not necessarily know what the day to day really looks like or what doing the job really feels like.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's pretty critical actually to even know what law school versus like mental health counseling, psychology, grad school would feel like and the difference that's expected. Cause those actually make, pretty decent deterrence or factors for people when they're making those decisions. Mm-hmm. And then the day-to-day yeah. of being a therapist versus a lawyer, I so in my sliver <laughs> of exposure to, to what being yeah. a lawyer is like, it is so intense.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and I hours. also want to
2: clarify, I don't hate reading for anyone who says, but reading the law is For me, it felt very boring. And in a lot of my criminal justice classes that were more focused on law, I realized I'm like, oh, I'm not maybe as interested in this aspect of it that makes up so much of the job that you'd really be doing and the day to day work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're reading about law, not about human beings and, you know, understanding that. And so, yeah, definitely very different. But I agree with the whole, you know, deterrent of grad school. And I think actually that's the reason that I did not initially start out considering being a therapist, because I just knew in college, like, oh, yeah, that would require, you know, becoming a psychologist, that requires like six years of school. No, I'm not going to grad school after I'm done with college. That's it. No more school. And I was just very blocked in that way. And so I think because of that, I never really considered it seriously. And I actually think I ended up having a minor in psychology when I finished undergrad. And then I ended up majoring in political science. And at that time, I didn't realize there were other paths to becoming a therapist, like you could do two years or three years of grad school in social work or mental health counseling. I just, all I knew was like the psychologist route. But yeah, I think if I had done more research or I'd known about it before, I might have considered it. But so I initially was interested in political science and interested in like being a diplomat and Mm -hmm. wanting to do the foreign, take the foreign service exam until I realized like how much economics was involved and I did not enjoy economics. I wasn't great at it. So I think there's something in that though, about like wanting to understand people to facilitate something about just like cross-cultural understanding, which you know, I think is there's some overlap with therapy as well, just like wanting to understand people. So then my first career ended up being in marketing. And my first job, actually, I worked for a pharmaceutical advertising agency. <laughs> and oh. it was for a medication. It was for, um, I forgot which one, but it was an uh, atypical antipsychotic. And it was oh. used for people who have schizophrenia and they had a second um Uh, they just got approval to use it for people with bipolar disorder. And so they were doing research to find out how people with bipolar disorder would feel taking a medication that was meant for people with schizophrenia. And so we did focus groups. And I just remember thinking like, wow, this is so interesting. And I think like it's kind of funny that I ended up coming back to that. But um, so that was for me like a way into psychology that was in, I guess, um, in a more standard corporate setting and i think for me because my parents were both like in finance of some kind i had always been sort of like aware of that direction and thought yeah that that seems like something i could do that seems you know like pretty normal and standard or something so i think it felt natural to go in that direction but it wasn't until you know i'd spent i don't know 10 years moving around from job to job different roles that I realized that, you know, maybe it's not the job, maybe it's just like the whole profession isn't for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So at that time, I was spending more time at home with my family, and I have a younger sister who has some, you know, cognitive issues and and disabilities. So I was spending a lot of time with her and um, working with her on getting benefits and meeting with all of her social workers and um, career Mm. coach and things like that. And I started at that time, really just like interviewing people, you know, like, what do you do? What do you love about it? How'd you decide on this career? And yeah, and I felt like between like realizing that I worked with my sister pretty well, and she, you know, trusted me. And I felt like, you know, she, she can be a difficult person emotionally. And so I felt like, hey, I feel like I can, I do pretty well with her. And learning what, what her, you know, coaches and social workers were doing, it made me realize like, oh, this is a viable career and I don't have to go back to school for six years. I can do it in like two or three. And it just took time for me to get used to the idea that I was going back to grad school. But I think once I sort of tried out a few other careers, I thought, well, this is the last thing I haven't tried. And I really think this could be what I'm interested in. So I've I, back to grad school and now here I am. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Were there times throughout your other careers that you explored like you felt that they were the one
1: another career path? I did not feel I mean a lot of there are many aspects of working in previous jobs that I found interesting and challenging and I just thought like maybe I hadn't found the right fit with the company or maybe there Mm -hmm. wasn't enough of this. I had even gone to grad school for like marketing communications because I thought, oh, that would help me. I felt a little bit bored at times with work. And I I think part of it was, it didn't feel very meaningful. And Mm -hmm. I was trying to find it elsewhere. And I think when I finally just quit, it was because I'd gotten to the point where I realized like I've tried many things now. So maybe it's it's not like, the right industry for me. Maybe this is not the right work for me. I just feel exhausted. I don't feel fulfilled. And so like, yeah, I took a career changing course and, you know, psychotherapy came up as one of my, you know, fields that I should explore. So I thought, okay, well, this keeps (laughs) coming up. Maybe I should look into it. So yeah, definitely feels like much more of a fit and I love also being in private practice. I think there's something about just like managing m- myself and and having my own business is also really appealing, so I think there there it works on many levels, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, it's so much more fulfilling <laughs> this work
2: mm. you know Dana, there's one thing that you mentioned too that stood out to me, and I feel like you hear this so often from people who end up becoming practicing therapists, but sort of this understanding of like once you are ready to make that change or pursue the field that in some ways you've already been doing kind of this work already in your life like you mentioned like some of the stuff with your sister and Mm -hmm. how you felt exposed to the field in that way and I think that there is kind of this feeling of of being a therapist as kind of being this calling or it draws a particular kind of person into the, the profession. And I think a lot of times it is the sense of in our families or in our friendships or for whatever reason, have we already kind of been doing this work in some way already? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's, it was always there, but it it was hard to maybe imagine what, what actually being a therapist would be like, I think that's always hard making that leap to like, okay, what does it actually look like?
0: Hmm. Yeah, I feel like mine might have been relatively more straightforward where I was always curious about being like a private practice therapist, like having a lot of flexibility, this career that could kind of move with the different life stages over time. And I could take on more clients or less, depending on what my life was like. And senior year of high school, I took a psychology class, ate it up. And then just was like, well, I cannot see myself doing any other major when I was applying for colleges. So I just went with it and landed in a little bit more of like a research cognitive sort of psychology uh, program. And then I transferred the next year, sophomore year into something more practical, like applied psych. And then I took a break mid the middle of undergrad because of needing a bit of a mental health break but then also feeling like I don't know if I would actually do well as a therapist because I might lose myself in the therapist role and that's like more of like a reflection of my own personal work where I could just melt into other people's lives but then totally forget myself or I would blank out if people asked me how I was doing or what's up with my life I would just like freeze and um In my, in my personal life. So then I felt like, okay, if I'm doing this, having to find myself and like get a little bit more connected to myself, maybe being a therapist isn't necessarily what I need to do. And then over time, over the course of my break from from college, then I came to feel a lot more confident and I was like, okay, I can do this in a balanced way. I can be in relationship to people and like do this as a profession and not lose sight of myself, but it will have to take a lot of work on my end to like build my personal life outside of work. And it did also feel like I maybe didn't get so involved with like family matters, but I felt a lot of it of the weight of family matters. So then it felt like I can step out of some issues with family or I don't have to like fix problems, but that's still part of what like drew me to this work. And especially working with couples, I figured like if couples are the most frequent or the most commonly having children. So then if they are learning ways to communicate healthy in healthy ways, or they can figure out how to create balance and like a peaceful home, then maybe the kids that they're raising have a better shot at it. And that was kind of like my overarching hope for getting more involved in the work. And I always imagined myself in private practice, like seeing clients one on one or seeing couples and kind of figuring out how my personal life looks around it or with it. And that's kind of interesting because it feels like that's where I'm at now is really getting to have more agency and articulate the balance between work and life. But now I also think maybe that's feeling like my life as a therapist is has enough of a foundation, has a lot of stability. Like I feel I enjoy, like you said, Diana, a lot of the stuff of running my own business. So I think it kind of actually allows for a little more freedom to explore what other things I might want to invest my time and energy into in addition to therapy as a, as my main career. So I like went straight through from undergrad into grad school. I, fi- I figured my break during undergrad gave me enough of that space of life. And then I just knew that I wanted the shortest path to becoming a therapist and um, went through a master's program. And I'm actually really excited. I, can, I don't know what this career will continue to look like, but one of the great parts of it is feeling like it can change. And kind of ebb and flow, even as we get
1: older and our lives change a little bit. Yeah, I think that's so incredible. You recognize that about the career before you got into it. Like, oh, it can travel with me. I can take on more clients, fewer clients. Um, And it's funny because as you were describing – getting really into it. It's like any other sort of hobby that you get really into. You just want to do it all the time, right? And just learn everything about it. But when it's a career, when it's becoming a therapist, then it really is like, you know, detrimental to yourself when you are so absorbed in it. Yeah. And so like the fact that you recognize that and took that break is really, what is it, prescient? Like you just really (laughs) addressed it right away. Um, Because I think that probably happens to a lot of therapists.
2: And I think too, it touches on the thing that I hear from so many people who are curious about working in the field or feel like, I feel like I would like that job. And I feel like it's really meaningful, but can I do this work if I'm a person who still has things that I'm working on? And I do think that there can be kind of this belief. I know I felt like this as a teenager in my own therapy that like my therapist must have their whole life figured out and like have everything Mm -hmm. under control because they're so wise and I trust them so much. And they give me such helpful feedback or whatever it is. And realizing that, you know, of course, if you're, it's important to be doing your own work and managing things that are going on in your life in a way that you're able to cope. But therapists are also people who have things that they're working on and we can sort of I do think that that's kind of an important thing for folks who are maybe curious about the field, but afraid of exploring it themselves for whatever reason, that you can still have your own personal struggles and things that you're working on and still be a really great therapist and do really meaningful work with your clients. Because it's a, it's a really weird job. And it's, a, it's a really kind of unique just in how personal it is and how much it's about the relationship with your clients. But it's also, I think, just like so uniquely um, meaningful and you feel like on a day-to-day basis, I really can feel tangibly the impact that I make in people's lives. And I think that's really special.
1: Mm. Yeah,
0: Yeah. even when we work with like one person at a time, it does feel like
1: the hope is that it's radiating to the Mm -hmm. people around Mm -hmm. them as well. Yeah. And I think I actually prefer that feeling of having like a deeper connection with someone or having that impact that it doesn't have to feel like, you know, changing like hundreds of people it's like you know this is something that is really important to this one person and that's really special Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: it is such a weird job we go to work and live in this emotional world these relationships and uh it still takes a lot to continue balancing i think what it actually is like to do this work and then also be a person
1: yeah every job it involves boundaries (laughs) yeah (laughs) you can't escape Mm -hmm. so true
2: and even with the weirdness and the specialness of this job there are also things about it that are incredibly mundane (laughs) and boring Mm -hmm. like every other job (laughs) like doing paperwork and writing notes you know it's just it's not that interesting (laughs) (laughs) it's true But I really appreciate how we all kind of did have our unique paths. You know, Diane, I know you worked like a full other career before becoming a therapist. Christy, I know it sounds like you had this sense of like wanting this and kind of knowing you wanted it from a pretty young age. And then maybe those of us who have always thought about it a little bit, but felt like you're not totally sure and and you just want a little bit more space to explore. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I loved hearing your stories. Yeah. I'm so glad we finally got around to this three years after <laughs> meeting each other.
0: <laughs> we can keep, we can keep pulling out these different storylines.
1: Yeah.
2: And maybe if we have any listeners who aren't therapists, I know many of our listeners are, but, but are just interested in the field. If you have questions for us, maybe we can do an episode one day where we answer some of them yeah. um, and give some of our insight into like, what are the different options as being a practicing therapist? We're on private practice, but it's by no means the only option for the career or what does it yep. even look like? Especially when I'm thinking about, you know, we also are so lucky to work with a current grad student right now, Minji, our intern, and she is like right in the thick of, of the process of becoming a therapist too. So I imagine she might have some helpful insight onto it as well.
1: Yeah, and also her her whole process, her path yeah. to it.
0: Yes, yeah. her grad school diaries episode will be coming out soon. But that's a great idea, Sam. So feel free to email us or DM whatever. Um, any questions about the career of being a therapist? Because like Sam mentioned, there are a lot of different kind of roles to play within this field. And a lot of them aren't as public or as commonly known, but they're just as vital and interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
0: so we'll wrap up here it was lovely to chat with you all and we'll see you all next week
2: bye everybody bye everyone (laughs) bye thanks for joining us
1: on this episode of beyond the couch tune in every wednesday rate or review us to help grow our community and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode we'd love to hear from you so connect with us on instagram at bridges mental health (laughs) do <laughs> do <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>